I just want to thank everybody for coming back. And um, there always will be different people rotating in and out through these uh, monthly meetings. So, and if we didn't have your email and you didn't receive an email about this, give us your email before the end of Francis. So then Francis can get the information out to you so that it can be, is this good? Okay, so this can be sent out to you. We did send out an email reminder on Monday, but we didn't have everybody's emails. So, like, we we just need to continue pouring in everybody's email so that they know about it. Um, last week for training, for the last month, we talked about um, principles for advancements, working with thoughts, words, laws, trials, testing, and results. And Jean started off with just a summary of the rotation of this. And today we're going to continue it in a part two, breaking it, too loud, breaking it down, breaking this down a little bit more and a little bit more in depth. Because the purpose for Training for Reigning is to take the principles that are being taught here and apply them in your everyday walk in business or and personal. Because all these principles happen in your personal life and it also affects in your business life. So um, the goal for everybody is to walk in confidence, knowing what you're speaking and what you're saying and what your thoughts are so you can be successful in the workplace. So that is the purpose, and we're going to continue breaking down the, um, the principles for thoughts, words, laws, trials, testing, and results. So I'm going to hand it over to Gene. Um, the one thing we're doing different this time, uh, because the word is the truth. It's the only truth. So we're going to have scripture going up that you can write down and meditate on later that kind of back up all these principles. Um, like Lee said, the, the thought, the seed, the law, the trial, and result. That, that works in families. That works in business. That works in uh, anything that uh, we set life to, anything that we set our hands to. These are the laws that gets, resu- that gets results. So you got to understand these principles and how these principles work so that you can navigate through them, that you'll know that the thought is going to be my first entry into life, peace, and joy, or destruction, decay, and ruin. It starts with a thought. Keep that in mind. It's subtle. In fact, the, the Bible says that there's only two powers in the world. That's Jesus Christ, his spirit, and the spirit of Satan. And thoughts come from those two spirits. Amos 4.13 says, who declares to a man what his thought is? Who declares to a man what his thought is? Where did that thought come from? That thought didn't come from us. A thought comes from another voice speaking to our minds because we got to think about this there's a kingdom of life and there's a kingdom of death in this world and these two powers speak what they want us to manifest in their kingdoms whether it's the spirit of life or the spirit of death so the spirit of life is Jesus Christ who is a life-giving spirit and the spirit of death is of course Satan Uh, so the Bible also says that uh, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And when you have lack of knowledge of truth, principles, then there's something that's going to be destructive in your life. So 
something's going to come to ruin, something's going to be tormented, something's going to be frustrated. You, just, you can't ever seem to reach closure in that area. Because listen, God has called us all to be prosperous. And that's a, that's a fourfold word. It means prospering spiritually. That means you really have to be yielded to the Spirit of God. That means when the, when the Scripture says that if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So there is an obedience factor when you come into these laws that you have to draw near to the Spirit of life to reap life and peace back on your life. And what's interesting about that is you think about this. If you're drawing near to the Spirit of life, who's Jesus Christ, then what you're going to reap is life and peace. So take, for example, you've got uh, life on everything but this one thing. You just can't get it right. Whether it's a, a child that you're having problems with, whether it's business that you're having problems with, wherever there's a problem somewhere. So when we yield to the spirit of life, that law enforces life to come on where there's life, where life is not. So that's what, you, that's what we want, is to get life where life is not. Where life is being frustrated or death is being ruled in an area of our life. So that's what this teaching is about, to help, help us be successful, one, individually, and successful, two, corporately. Because listen, you can never reach total success by yourself. There's a measure of success. And that success is peace with God. That's the only individual success you could ever achieve is having peace with God. The corporate success brings you into being average to being great. And that's what God's called you to is greatness. Because the greater one is in you. If Jesus Christ is in you, the Bible says... The greater one is in you. Because it says, that, uh, he who is in the world uh, is Satan, but he who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So he's called us all to greatness to represent him. And I love what, uh, what the Spirit had revealed to me a couple weeks ago about the image of God. That if you're in Christ, you are the image of God. And it's not necessarily a bodily form image. What it is, according to the Greek and Hebrew, is it's the character and the authority of God. That is the image of God. So the thought, the seed, the law, the trial, and the result is a developing process of developing the character of God in us. Even though God is in here, the character is built here. So this process of receiving his kingdom is a process of obtaining his character. Because once you get a measure of his character, you get a measure of his authority. Because he won't empower anything but his character. That's what we got to understand. So if we're operating in fear, anxiety, worry, all these things that kind of kind of grab us in business, then the authority of God cannot endorse that he cannot empower you in that so who's empowering us 
is the spirit of Satan who is leading us into decay, ruin, and destruction if we're yielding to fear because fear involves torment. So that's one, that's one spirit we want to try to avoid in business, in our home life, in our, in our ministry life, is to avoid that spirit because that will keep you held back from God's best for your life. So last time we, we mentioned that uh, uh, to take thoughts captive because there are two voices, the voice of God and the voice of the Creator, and how to do that and how to recognize uh, the two voices. Anytime a thought comes that wants to, and we're going to say this is the voice of life, which is Jesus Christ. This is how you recognize his thought, okay? Uh, grace is exhibited. Mercy is exhibited. Hope, love, peace, faithfulness, self-control, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faith, and encouragement. We, we got we to gotta understand, what, what, where is this thought? Where is this thought going to take me? What's the end result of this thought? Where is it going to end? Is it going to cause division between people? Or is it going to cause unity between people? Because selfishness will bring division between people. Unselfishness will bring unity between people. So we got to keep that in mind. What we try to hold on to in business, we'll lose. The Bible says we'll lose it. And what we release to other people, we gain it. So whatever leaves your hands never leaves your life. We're called to give, even in business. And it never leaves your life. It goes into a law that reaps life and peace and joy. And joy is the result of something be made whole, which is salvation. So if it's in, in the spirit or if it's in the mind or in the body or in the financial realm, something is being made whole. And that's the result. That's, that's where joy comes from. It's something that's been made whole. But then the thought of the, uh, the enemy, we got to recognize his voice. His voice will always be retaliation, depression, pride, reasoning, intellectualism, anxiety, stress, procrastination, greed, condemnation, confusion, judgment, criticism, fear and suspicion, guilt, shame, hopelessness, resentment, and blame. Uh, that's the order the Spirit of the Lord gave it to me. That's what we need to resist when those thoughts come. And most of us have already entertained these thoughts before. We already know where they're going to lead us. It's not like a new thought. So now's the time to bring it captive. And the Bible says you've got to bring it ca into captivity. That means bring the thought, hold it, judge it before you engage with it. Because once you engage in that thought, what happens is, you see that, this vision here of the soul? See those four doors? Once you engage in that thought, that door opens. That thought can knock at that door constantly and try to get you to open it. And the thought's always going to be 
towards someone else or about someone else. It always involves two people. The thought will keep knocking at your head. But when you engage in it, that means, all right, I'm going to consider this thought. Then that door opens, and now you've just entered into reasoning through the intellect. Reasoning cuts off the power of God. It just cuts it off. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. It cut off the power of God. Man's spirit got disconnected from God's power, basically. So in business, we do not want to reason. If, we, if that thought's going to prompt us to reason, then we just put it aside and table it and be patient. And then the revelation of God will come, which is the answer. But see, one thing about thoughts, the thought only came because the truth, the truth was already spoken. You see, Satan does not come unless God comes first, because God is first. He always speaks first. So at some point before the thought came, God had already revealed truth to us that we're supposed to step out on. We're supposed to obey. And then the enemy comes with a thought to reason. So that's what you want to avoid is, is, is engaging it without judging it. And that's what these series of teaching is for, knowing how to judge a thought. I, I'm just going through a, a real quick teaching of all these four principles, five principles, and then I'm going to go back and really go deeper into each one. So right now, it's just kind of foundational about thoughts, seed, law, trial, and result. When we go back, we're going to go a little deeper in each one so that you can, you can experience the full measure of the revelation of the truth. So we're going to be teaching on seeds now. Let's look at eight, Luke 8, 11. I love that, Carrie. That looks great. Luke 8, 11 says, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So if seeds are words... And the Bible is the truth, then that is the seed of the truth. So if seeds are words, then there must be seeds of words that contain lies and death. And Jesus talks about that. He said the word of God is the seed. The seed is the truth and it is the good seed. Jesus called it the good seed. The word of Satan is a seed, the seed of lies, and Jesus called that bad seed. So we are basically just sowers. We're going to sow from our lips, off our tongue, or we're going to sow from our hands. That's what we're supposed to do. And you can see uh, the fruit of someone's life of how they sowed and what they sowed into by what's around them the fruit of their life. So, seeds produce fruit. Naturally, when you plant a seed, if you look at this chart right here, this chart is a vision that the Lord gave me, which is really in artwork now, but I'm, I'm having to do some, uh, there's some mistakes on it from 
the people that did the artwork, so I'm having to go through it and correct it, but it'll eventually be on one of these larger posters. We're sowers, so when we sow, to sow a seed of faith, it goes into the law of life and peace. We sow a seed of fear, it goes into the law of sin and death. And those two laws actually enforce the fruit of that seed that was spoken. So you have an invisible power that's working, that's producing something good in your life or something bad coming into your life. You can't see these powers, but those two laws were put in place, one by Satan, causing Adam and Eve to fall, and the other one by Jesus Christ at the resurrection of his life. So those are the two laws. And naturally, uh, the progression of this goes into a season of trial. Both of these laws bring you into a season of trial you have the fruit of the life and peace here you have the fruit of missing the mark so into the law of sin and death so when fruit is is judged when fruit is tested in a trial and that's what a trial is all about is testing faith then it'll pass right through the trial you should go right through that trial a lot of people stay in trials because of the they sowed a bad seed. But over here it says delayed but not denied. You still have not been denied your promise of God. That whole book, the Bible, is called the promises of God. And then the covenant of God is the blessings of Abraham that we're supposed to be walking in. So these two laws are working. This law of life and peace comes down to the promised land, which is a fertile, secure, stable life. A fertile, secure, stable life. That's what we're supposed to be living in. Uh, and eventually we get there, even if we're sowing into this law of sin and death, but it's going to take uh, obedience in the trial to what the truth is. Or you'll stay in that trial until you get a revelation of the truth. You know, mercy's helping you in this area, but until you get a revelation of the truth, you can't move on in to a fertile, secure, stable life. The truth is always near in the trial. Look, look at Matthew 7, 17. Matthew 7, 17 says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So Jesus is talking about the trees bearing good and bad fruit. Uh, we're basically trees. If you look at this vision right here, it's called the tree of life. Life is flowing out of this vessel of God right here on this vision. Um, it's called the tree of life. So Jesus is saying every tree that bears good fruit evidently sowed a good seed. Every tree that bears bad fruit evidently sowed a bad seed. So fruit is the result of a successful life or an unsuccessful life. And it all comes from the power of the tongue. Let's look at that. Um, all right, let's go to this verse. Judge the thought before releasing the seed. That's what I talked about here earlier. Judge the thought before releasing the seed. So if the seeds are words and the thought comes to my mind of, of one of these powers, Jesus Christ or Satan, they're trying to get me to speak. Okay? So when I speak, my words are seeds. 
All right, so the flow of success is going to be in a spirit-driven life. The flow of success is in a spirit-driven life. The power of working with integrity and excellence is where people are honored and not abused in business. So we have to keep that in mind. If we're going we're gonna to uphold honor, excellence, integrity, we got to keep in mind that we cannot do it in our own power. It's impossible. You've got to sow to the spirit of life, which is Jesus Christ, who is a life-giving spirit. His power enables us to honor people and work in integrity and work in excellence. And by that, people are honored and not abused in business. So each of us have a unique combination of expression and gifts, and none is better than the other. So, uh, Gene, you have a gift. You have a gift. Everybody has different gifts, but none is better than the other. And they're really no good for the kingdom of God until they're all working together. Think about that. You, you, you can't go but so far in working in your own gift because we're supposed to be a body, the body of Jesus Christ. He's the head. He's where the power comes from. So when our gifts start working in synergy and respecting these gifts, now you're really growing in success. And the key to that is love. You've got to love people. Um, and sometimes you've got to love your enemy uh, more at times than you love people because your enemy promotes you. Think about that. Your enemy really does promote you. Jesus was promoted through Judas betraying him. So there's always going to be a betrayer around you. Uh, and you'll learn who they are, and you're supposed to love them just like you love everybody else uh, because they're there to promote you. Um, there's different ways God promotes, but that's a primary milestone way of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ being manifested after a betrayal because it's the model that Christ did and he's our teacher and we're his disciples so we have to be like him we're going to go through the same sufferings he went through um, but let yet we have that resurrection power coming forth so determining the thought the outcome of the seed before we sow the word. Let's look at two contrasting outcomes. Galatians 6, 7. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. So God is in charge. Even though we, through our bad seeds... We actually empower the enemy. We kind of prostitute our power to him. So he comes with power back to us and tries to kill, steal, and destroy. So, but God is in charge. So he said, don't be deceived. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Now, what he's talking about is sowing words. Whatever we sow in word, it's going to come back to us. It's like a boomerang. It's going to come right back. So when we sow words of anger, it's going to come back through anger. 
Somebody's going to, you're going to come into a confrontation with somebody that's going to be real angry, and it's just going to be an explosive situation. And you've got to think about this. It's not that person's fault. It was my fault. Because I sowed the seed. I sowed the seed. And seeds are buried into these two laws. But the Bible says, then they open up. First a blade. And I'll go into that a little bit here in a minute. But when that opens up, then you know that the fruit is coming to you. And we're talking about bad seed now. So a circumstance is developing in your life where somebody is very angry is going to come to you. Because you had sowed the seed. So it's coming back. So what are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to be angry with that person. We're supposed to say, oh, look, talk to yourself. Say, I, I made the mistake. I sowed the wrong seed. So I'm going to love this person. Because the best way to stop a quarrel is to stop the water. Don't let the water flow. You'd be the first one to stay quiet. Because if you sow love, anger will dissipate. It'll just settle down. It says a seasoned word of grace will dissipate anger. So let's look at um, Galatians 6, 8. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he who sowed to his own flesh... His lower nature or sensuality will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. There, there's your two outcomes right there. He who sows to the flesh, which is the bad seed, will from the lower nature of sensuality, that means coming from the senses, will reap decay, ruin, and destruction in his life. So if we can think about our life and say, now, what, is there any area of my life that has decay, ruin, or destruction in it? Then we know that at some point we had sowed words that brought that back to us. But if he sows to the Spirit, he'll reap from the Spirit eternal life. Now, eternal life is everlasting. So think about this. If you sowed to the Spirit the good words and you're reaping everlasting life back, that means that fruit is going to come on to your life and it's going to be everlasting. That means it will not dissipate. It will be there forever. It's everlasting. You can't stop it. It's a law that's working for you to bring good fruit into your life. So hold, we hold the power to change the life we live. I love that. We hold the power to change the life we live. If you think about God and you think about Satan, they're powerless without us. We hold the power. God releases his power through us, through obedience. You think about confession, words being spoken. If we hadn't opened up our words, our seeds 
uh, on, for confession, we, Jesus wouldn't be in us right now. The Holy Spirit wouldn't be in us right now. So there was a point that until I opened up my mouth to receive Christ, that it was powerless until I received it and spoke it. So keep that in mind that we hold the power to change our life. God is the power to change lives. But we hold that power. That's how important the tongue is. Let's look at Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. So the tongue holds the power of death and life. The tongue sitting here in my mouth holding this power. It's just holding it. It is not the power. It is holding the power of life and death. It is not the power. The power is in the seed that's about to be spoken. The word that's about to be spoken. That's where the power's at. The power's in that seed. The tongue holds the seed containing the power that is able to change our lives. The tongue's holding the seed that has that power to change our life. So seeds contain life and seeds contain destruction. The witness, there's always a witness. When a seed is released, when a word is released, at some point, there's a witness that confirms whether we sowed the right seed or whether we sowed the wrong seed there's a witness and these witnesses are two spirits one's called the spirit of faith and one's called the spirit of fear those are the witnesses that will confirm the seed that was sown so faith confirms the right seed when you have confidence that's what faith is, confidence in something. It confirms the right seed. Fear confirms the wrong seed. Fear confirms the wrong seed. So when fear shows up, what happens is that should be a confirmation, a witness to you that, my Lord, I sowed the wrong seed. Some, last week I must have sowed the wrong seed. Yesterday I must have sowed the wrong seed because fear just showed up confirming the seed because fear is what operates the law of sin and death this law is called missing the mark that's what sin means missing the mark this law over here of life and peace is called hitting the mark so God has marked out something for everybody in this room to hit the mark and that mark is a blessed life. A life that's not frustrated, fearful, always in lack. He didn't call us to that. The Bible says he called us to a blessing, to be a blessing. So we can't be a blessing until we're blessed. Think about that. I can't bless you unless I've already been blessed. So these laws actually enforce the blessing 
or enforce the curse of missing the mark. So this is very important because these are the two kingdoms in operation, the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of Satan in operation. And as I said before, we cannot, they can't do anything unless they work through us. And they work through words. They work through words. So faith releases control to the spirit of life. That's what I just explained, explained the law of life. Faith releases that control to that law and brings you into a rest. That's how you know that you have entered in to uh, the law of life and peace because you enter into a rest and peace. And until you're at peace, God is not ruling. See, we, we want him to rule over our lives because he's going to lead us the right way. He's going to lead us into it in abundant life. But if we're not at peace in our minds, then what happens is, I saw this in a vision one time the Lord gave me when I was in prayer because um, I was I, I was going through something years ago and, and um, uh, he said, Gene, when you lose your peace, I had peace, then all of a sudden some circumstance shows up and I lose my peace because of fear. He said, what happens? Yeah, I'll show you what happens. He said, the spirit of grace here which brings you in to what I promised I would give you through peace the spirit of grace is lifted it, it, it's in fact I, it was blown back it was forced back off of me like this because light and dark cannot mix spirit of grace spirit of faith is light Spirit of fear is darkness. They won't mix. And God is subject to our choice. He's subject to our choice. So think about that. It just lifted off my life at that point. And now I'm headed for decay, ruin, and destruction. Because I lost my peace. Peace is priceless. That, that's the only way that you can really say that you have a successful life is that you can be at peace in the storm and out of the storm. That's a successful life. It's not about material things. It's not about money. It's not about all these things that are created. It's about having peace with God. That's a truly successful life. That can be measured God is revealed in our hearts when we accept Christ. A peace comes. That's a measure. The fullness of peace comes when our minds are renewed and think like God thinks and we're sowing seed that God would sow. That's called perfect peace. That's when in a trial, nothing shakes you. You're not worried. You're not anxious. Nothing shakes you. 
well, how do, how do, you, how do I get this peace in here then? By renewing the mind. Well, how do I do that? The Bible says through confession. And that's not confessing sin. We already, already know how to do that. What that means is we are declaring and decreeing the life that we want to live. We have to speak it. And as we declare and decree the word of God, speak the word of God out loud, what's happening is your mind, if you see the cycle, is being renewed in its thinking. It's starting to think like that scripture says, like that word says. That's how you renew the mind. Then at some point, the word makes a landing right here, and now it's there, and it takes the place of fear. So when the trial comes, the word stands up and lifts up a standard against the enemy's onslaughts. And the word stands up in our minds and say, look, you can't come any farther. Because I have no agreement with you. So when we stop agreeing with fear, it can't come in anymore. It can only come in through our agreement. Somebody asked me the other day. Uh, said, Gene, you, you know, you have... Uh, you still have trials? I said, yes, I still have trials. i got a lot of trials all around me all the time. But I said, the difference is the trial can't get in me. Because I don't have any agreement with, with what's in that trial. So that's the difference. That you can stay in peace while there's all kind of trials around you. Because we are not on trial. We've already been judged by the cross. Jesus took on the judgment. So who's on trial? The one that trespassed in our minds. The spirit of fear. The spirit of anger. All those things that we listed. That's who's on trial. Not you. You're just being tested in the trial. The test is, what are you going to choose? You're going to choose life or you're going to choose death. That's the test for us. The test of faith, the test of love. So let's make up our minds today that we're going to sow good seed in business. We're going to sow good seeds in life, in family. We're going to go sow good seeds to our enemy. Because everybody has an enemy at some point. Because the Bible says we do. But we're going to sow good seeds of edification, build up people. And you'll begin to see a fruitful life of life and peace. See, life and peace are in this law. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, we can't have righteousness without his life. We can't have peace without his blood. Peace means that we're at peace with God through Jesus Christ. But where does the joy at? Well, the joy comes down here after we have received. David said, the joy of my salvation. So something, salvation means 
Something has been made whole in my life, and joy is the result of it. So that's the life we want to live in business, is life, peace, and joy. And that can't be done through works. It can't be done through works. This is a voice-activated kingdom. These kingdoms are voice-activated. The kingdom of Jesus Christ is voice-activated. The kingdom of Satan is voice-activated. And it's clearly by, uh, through seeds, their kingdom just got activated by what we said. And those laws enforce that fruit of that seed. And then it's out, really out of your control. And that law hits. Because if you can think about this, you've got two invisible laws around you all day long. And they're in place. Every time I say a word, boom, that seed just went in one of these laws. And I just activated one of these kingdoms. So they're voice-activated kingdoms. So we hold the power we hold the power to activate the two kingdoms of Jesus Christ and of Satan. We hold the power. I see a lot of uh, Christians, and, and I guess non-Christians too, but mainly Christians who have the power of God in them. And it's all locked up. You can always see when there's faith on somebody by the countenance of their face that they're living a life of faith because we're called to live a life of faith so keep this in mind we've got 10 more minutes keep this in mind that the Bible says that we are to come out here a minute please Jeez. we are to walk by faith what it says we walk by faith the book of Hebrews says they that by faith the worlds were framed by the word of God by faith Abel offered up more sac excellent sacrifice than Cain by faith Sarah bore a child by faith Abraham left his uh, family into the promised land by faith it just went by faith it's just by faith everything's by faith but you get to the towards the end of that book chapter it says they walked then they walked through faith what's the difference well faith is assisting me right now I'm walking by faith side by side with faith faith is a spirit so how do I get to walk through faith and how does walk, faith walk through me as I begin to renew my mind through speaking the truth if you can see this faith faith is coming in alignment with me so now I'm walking through faith we're one and what that scripture says through faith they worked righteousness they obtained their promises the promise of your heart they escaped the edge of the sword. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violent fire.
And I love this latter part. It says, out of their weakness, they were made strong. So until the flesh stays weak, Jesus can never be strong. Our flesh is our sinful nature. Those are the bad seeds that are sown. It's our sinful nature. When the Bible talks about flesh, there's two kinds of flesh. This body is flesh. But our sinful nature is flesh. The residue of Adam's fall around that poster there, the, the dark area, uh, Jesus Christ is the light on the inside. But the residue of that fall is my sinful nature that has not been redeemed by the washing of the water by the word. One thing we have to keep in mind that uh, our, if you're born again, your spirit is washed or redeemed by the blood and washed by the spirit. The soul of man, if you have a spirit and a soul, the soul is redeemed by the blood, but not yet washed by the spirit. The spirit washes through the word. By the washing of the water, by the word of God. So what it's washing is our residue of the old sinful nature that Satan's attracted to. He's attracted to that residue. So he comes on you to get you to speak his seeds, his words, through that residue. But once your mind is renewed, you know, and you're full of God, which represents this vision, you're flowing in prosperity, you're flowing, all your needs are met. You've got divine communication with God. Wouldn't it be nice just to say, God, what do I need to do in this situation? And he speaks immediately and you know it's him. That's what we're supposed to be. That's, that's what, what we're growing up into. So that's the four rivers. Uh, the other one is the, uh, divine protection flowing in your life. And divine protection can't flow without love. Protection assists love. Because the Bible says love protects. Love does no harm. Love is the bond of perfection. Love is not in word or tongue, but, word in, but, but in deed and truth. This is love. So this is the goal in business to be a person with the character of God and the authority of God. Helping people. Your business will never prosper if you're not helping people. It'll never prosper. You'll never prosper individually until you give and help people. That's how you prosper. People that don't know Jesus Christ, they try to prosper through buying and selling. Buying and selling. Buying and selling. If a Christian tries to prosper through buying and selling, they're actually sowing into this law. You're keeping death on something. Because we're not in that kingdom anymore. A Christian prospers through sowing and reaping. What leaves your hands and what leaves your mouth is how we prosper. Our hands have material things that we can give, whether it's money, whether it's material things, whatever it is. And we reap 
prosperity. Our mouth speaks words of edification, healing, those kind of things, the word of God, and we reap prosperity. And prosperity is a whole word. This is prosperity. Not just money. You've got to prosper in God first, in a relationship with him first, before anything else means anything. Because if it comes without the relationship in place first, you'll lose every bit of it. Because this law will enforce that you'll lose it. Because it says death, it's going to bring death on it. You'll lose every bit of it. So that's why the Lord has called me to, to bring the ministry of life into the business part. Teach the business people because he wants everybody successful. If you were successful and blessed, and I'm not saying that you're not, you could help so many people. And that would please God because he gave his son us so the only way that you're going to be prosperous is you got to be a sower in word and what leaves your hand outside of that you're going to be operating in this law right here and everything every time you think you oh I just made it I finally I finally arrived and Satan wants to get you there I finally arrive then all of a sudden boom everything comes down destruction you saw the law decay ruin destruction that's what we're trying to avoid here in business is to be prosperous and not get to almost there and feel like oh I'm almost there and then everything is lost or a measure of everything is lost when you get almost there in sowing to the Spirit, you're going to another measure of prosperity instead of destruction. So, Lee, you want to recap all this real quick? Okay. Um, I think the most important thing that we've learned today to focus and hone in on is that the power is from Him, but the choice is from us. All of us sitting here are received by God through the death of his son. But we have to receive him into our heart. And in that, from the meditations of our heart, our mouth will speak. And so we have, we have the choice to receive. We have the choice to speak. So he gives us, he gives us a power. But that's, what our, that's, what, that's the limitations of it. But it can be so much more. If we're doing it through him. In Leviticus 19.19. Uh, 19, there was verses coming to me when Gene was speaking. And this one's so awesome. Because the Lord has really put this in my heart all week. It says you shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your livestock breed with another kind. Now I'm going to explain that. Let your livestock breed with another kind. No. Not let your livestock breed with another kind. You shall not sow your field with mixed seed, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you. As we're walking out, sometimes we want the best of both worlds. 
We think we know how to figure something out, but then we want what God has to give us, and we start mixing our words, negative words, positive words. Just like in business, everybody in here who does sales, a person comes towards us, and we have to what? Sell them, okay? So as we're selling them, we're trying to read where we're to go. But then sometimes we might sell them to something, and then we turn around, and we have that person committed, and then we say, oh, well, this might not work. We automatically turn around, and then we're causing, we're putting things on that. Wes and I have talked about this. It's so funny. We put a loan together, right? And then it was like, well, I could have that seven-day rescission. No, we don't say that. We stick to what, our, what we're walking in in our sale because truth will, truth will land during that time. So it's like an example. When the mule was created, it was part donkey and part horse. And when, when they mixed the breeds, they wanted to get the best of both breeds, okay? Because donkey wasn't as significant horse. It was wonderful, right? So we, they wanted to get the best of both. But what they ended up getting was a mule. Was that exciting? They got a mixture. So they didn't get the best that they could have received. So when we look at this where it says, you shall keep my statutes, that means we should be seeking and understanding him through this word so we can be speaking and sowing the seed of his word. It says, not let your livestock breed with another kind. That means we have to, we, as we're seeking this and growing and walking this out, we want to keep our words, hold our words, and know that they're words of goodness, whether in a sale, negotiating, in your families, in your relationships, or anything. Watch what we're saying, because the spirit, just like he said, of sin and death or life is coming out of your mouth. And when it comes out, it's got to attach to something. And a cycle happens. How many people have been through the cycle of disappointment? The cycle of disappointment. You're, you're up, you're up, you're up, you're up, you're going. And then you start saying, oh, now I'm fearing. Oh, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this. And then all of a sudden, down, 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 down. It goes down. And then we go through the cycle again. And since I've been here for the past three years, boy, have I learned this lesson of the cycle of putting out your seed and word. And I'm a pretty positive person. So, you know, I, I thank the Lord that that comes, the positiveness comes a little bit naturally to me. But I do have those thoughts. And I have come out with the wrong thought. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing that manifest, not what God had for me manifest. So when he says that the livestock breeds, that let your livestock breed, not to let your livestock breed with another, you shall not sow your field with mixed seed. We all have a field. It's a white harvest in front of us. And we, 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 it's right there for us to have. We just now have to declare it. We have to confess it. And so we have to walk in that confidence of him in us. The greater one is in us than, than us in this world. Another verse came, because this is really backs up about disputes and complaints. If you go to, it's in Philippians. It says Philippians 2, 12, 13, and 14. It says, therefore, beloved, as you have always obeyed, and what do we have to obey? We have to obey him in what we say. Not as the presence only, but now much more now, much more in my absence. So there's going to be times that we're walking out where we feel we have God right by us and we're walking by faith. But there's going to be times where we're, he's going to be absent. We're not feeling it. We're not getting it. But it says, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good, for his good pleasure, 
Do all, and then he tells us how to do that. How do we get his good pleasure? Do all things without complaining and disputing. So if we can, get a, if we can captivate that thought and get a grip on not complaining and not disputing, even when the deal's going down, even when a lawsuit's coming to attack, or even when anything is coming our way, we just stand that we know he's already got that white harvest sitting right there. We have to be led in how to move in the business world, in negotiations, in writing the loan, in writing the contract, and talking to a customer. Even with Francis, when she has people, she has, she has a person that calls and gives her a lot of trouble in, my, in, the, in the in property management, and she has to bite her tongue, and I watch her do it because she wants to make sure she gets the successful outcome. But it's hard. We face this. We all face this. The world isn't going to change around us. We have to change from the inside out. And that's exchanging the truth for the lie, which in Romans 1.12, I mean 1.25 says, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So our creator is blessed forever. He wants to bless us. We want to receive the manifestations of that blessing. So we have to make the choice. Are we going to believe that creature in front of us that's coming towards us? Or are we going to believe in our creator? And that's how we build the confidence of faith, knowing what we're believing as we're walking out the trial. Isn't that beautiful? We have the choice to accept a truth or a lie. But we have to, be, that's, we have to grow in this. We have to grow in this. And in sales and in anything that has to do with accomplishing an outcome, Gene, you said something, you said a word when you said, um, oh, fruit. When he talks about what is our fruit, it's our outcome. What is our outcome in the business world? How do we take this and produce a good outcome in our sales, in our conversations? And, you know, we just get led. And so the goals of this principles for advancement is, this, this is really awesome stuff because you can apply this into your everyday world into your everyday world. I always thought it was funny when you heard, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Ooh, that's the opposite. Words will hurt, but they go up into the spirit and then manifest around us later. So I really appreciate everybody for coming out. And that's, that's as, as, we, as we go through this whole summary thing, it gets really wonderful to hear as you guys are hearing all these words and then you take it into action in your business day. If anybody has good success where you have worked at captivating the thought and not dispute or complain and you get a better outcome, we want to hear about it because that's something we work on next door every day. You know, work, we work at trying not to press into that to get the better outcome, which is, you know, in, you know, in, in real estate, it's with sales. In building, it's with a happy customer. So um, this is all good stuff. One thing we got to keep in mind just activated the destroyer to come into my life the Bible is the truth it says it happens a lot of a lot of um, God's people were destroyed because of complaining and um, and if you think about 
uh, the Israelites, God's people, were headed to the promised land here. And on their way in the wilderness, they started complaining. And the destroyer came. So why did the destroyer came? Why did the destroyer come? It's because they were headed to the promised land. They were headed to that fertile, secure, stable life that God was taking them to. See, you can't get your you can't get there by yourself. Grace has to establish that. Grace is a spirit. It has to establish that. Grace established it through word, good seed. So think about that next time the enemy knocks on your head to complain about something or somebody or that you're headed in the right direction. You're fixing to land in an unexpected place and it's going to be a fertile, secure, stable place. But the enemy does not want you there. Because if he, can, if, he, if he can stop you from getting there, he can stop you from destroying his dream through a blessed life. What destroys his kingdom is when I bless you. I destroy his kingdom in your life and I bless you. I destroyed his kingdom in your life. The kingdom of God just showed up when something left my hand or something left my mouth. God doesn't ask for our ability. He asks for our availability. And the availability is to hear and have an open heart. And just know it even says in the word, it says consistently, join in following my example. Join in following my example. It takes time. You know, to, you know, you have to meditate on this and read in it. And we've gave some good scripture. And as you leave today, I hope that if you, if you want us to email the scripture, let us know. We'll email the scriptures to you. But all this can apply to every step of everything that relates to your world. So we appreciate everybody coming. Yes, yes. And um, we thank you very much. Um, Francis, anybody you know who you think will benefit from these, from these meetings, please give an email to Francis. Because even if they haven't come, we still want to invite them. And we also have to pick the next date. So, um, and it's going to be for the end of April. Um, does anybody have a calendar on them really quick? So we can leave with the, um, I don't have a calendar on me. 